$5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code GAME to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. This is All Things Elite. Welcome back to All Things Elite. Load up the pod, and the song when we speak. Rich right here, let me warm it up for Austin and Floyd. Couldn't be no one but the boys. When it come to All Things Elite from the fan perspective, swear, man, it ain't no question. Hear from them first. Swear, man, they putting in the work. No, they had to get me for the verse. Social suplex network zone. I was at a time in your headphones. Austin and Floyd on the microphone. Backing out on the red, getting in the zone. Pulling up a show, give it seven stars, you already know. Who else could it be but the show with the proclivity for a positivity? I'm gone. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the 207th episode of Social Suplex's podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. My name is Austin Sumwitz. I am the host of this lovely show, and I am joined with me, with me as always, as my good buddy and friend Floyd Johnson. We both are back from All Out Weekend from Chicago, Illinois. He was there for StarCast and all that fun jazz. I drove in the day of the show. Floyd, I mean, how'd you enjoy your weekend? Dude, so, like, we're at Wednesday right now, so I'll say the last, like, 20 days of my life have been the busiest 20 days in existence I'd say uh, six, two, a little over two weeks ago, 16 days ago, I had never been out of the country and I had just gotten my passport. Now I've been to London, back, and then Chicago, back, worked in Chicago, yep. hung with Tyler. I will tell you, like, I am looking forward to this weekend of doing nothing but sitting and watching football. That's all I'm going to do. Uh, college and then uh, professional. I am looking forward to it. But yes, I had a great time last weekend. I I was like, I, I'm with Tyler, and you know I love hanging with Tyler. He's one of my favorite people on the earth. But I was exhausted. I was so tired. Sure, I hadn't got like I didn't feel like I had gotten one really good period of sleep in a while, and. Uh, I'd slept on airports. It just felt like everything I was getting was like an hour or two or whatever. And then I was sleeping in a different bed. So I wasn't sleeping well. So I want to shout out to everyone that works in, in, in these industries where you have to travel a lot. I am one of those people when I was younger. I said, you know, I can't wait to get older and see the world. I hope I travel all the time. 
You know, I didn't know what I was talking about. Because once you do it, you're getting up, the anxiety of getting through, uh, getting through airport and security, getting on a plane, sitting on a plane if there's a delay, all that kind of stuff. It just builds and you don't realize it's building until you get finally get to a point and you sit down and you then you don't want to move. And then you realize in 30 minutes you have to get up and do something else. So, but I have to say the wrestling gods are with me. Eight flights, eight <laughs> flights, eight flights in uh, a little over uh, a little under two weeks. Not one delayed flight. Not Worked one out time, beautifully for you. Not one time did I not get where I needed to go. Not one misconnection. Not one overnight stay in the airport. I mean, I'm saying this now because it's over. But how fortunate that was. I mean, that doesn't happen. I see travel issues all the time on Twitter and all that stuff. And my heart's with all those people. But the fact that I went eight for eight with no travel issues, I'm like, oh, you know what? Even one flight... Did something that never happens. Left early. Everybody checked in and everybody that was going to be on the flight was on the flight. We left 20 minutes early. I didn't even know you could. I didn't even know you could do that. But apparently when everybody checks in and they all get sat down, they'll squeeze you in and get you there early. So, no, I had a really good time. But, yes, it was great hanging with Tyler. It was great seeing all the people, uh, you know, all the people that I see every year. Uh, the Hills group, uh, you know, Michelle and Jay, uh, Jay uh, I, I messed up his name, sorry. But uh, the Schwabs, uh, seeing Hoop, seeing Chrissy, all the people that uh, work in StarCast and for AEW, it's always good seeing my people. Uh, and then I got to meet Journey. Uh, she's my friend on uh, Twitter. I, we actually passed each other. At uh, FTR, uh, Dax is what would be one of Dax's last podcasts when he did, or his uh, live podcast he did in LA. But we didn't really get to talk. So we got to talk, say hi to each other. It was really cool. And yeah, and then a big thing happened this weekend <laughs> that we've already covered. And we're not really going to talk, we're not talking about on the show. We're not a show that's never going to bring up the name CM Punk or Phil Brooks ever. That's not what we're doing. But uh, my thing is, we're gonna. I mean, me and Austin have decided we're gonna move forward, uh, get back to being positive, which is what we do. And so that is, if you don't hear it, it's not like uh, we've made some kind of mandate. It's just unless it's pertinent to the conversation that we're talking about, we're not gonna bring it up. So uh, yeah, so yeah, I've no. I've I've quite frankly already talked about it. I even did a show with my friend Ryan, uh, his podcast, The Job Guys. I did a show where he wanted to just straight up talk to me about it for 38 minutes. I talked about CM Punk. Um, I've said everything I've need to said. Yeah. Um, once again, I, I want to look at it at the positive side of things. Twitter is burning down constantly, so much so that Hangman has to go full full teacher mode and tell y'all to calm the fuck down. Um, like we, I've got nothing to say, and I just want to focus on the good things and focus on the wrestling. Like I've said. Over and over and over again. This is so. I've still got all my CM Punk stuff. I haven't like done the full SpongeBob SquarePants like thing where Patchy the Pirates like pulling away. I gotta get rid of all of my Punk stuff. All of it. All of it. All of it. I'm not. I, I didn't do any of that because I don't feel the need to. Um, but I just don't feel the need to talk about it on a podcast because I've said everything. I will 
enjoy my memories and look back at them fondly. But I want to look towards the future of AEW because that's the thing that interests me the most right now. Because pro wrestling at the end of the day, I love more than anything in the world. And I want to talk about that. Yes, exactly. And that's what I was just getting to. It's just, I, I've said it before and it's the closest thing to negative I'll get. Just know this. Just know this. Grown people, male, female, uh, non-identifying, whatever they are, don't need you to defend them. Like these people that work on TV, if they feel the need to defend themselves, they would, you know, defend themselves. But you don't need to get online and get mad at someone for who they like or anything like that. It's, it's just unnecessary. And trust me, your favorite wrestler doesn't like it when you do that. Yeah. So yeah, it's that like, simple. Don't 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 be a bully. Be a star. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> they need to start running those ad campaigns again. Yeah. I don't know why they stopped doing them because clearly people haven't been a star for a while. Yeah. Uh, yeah this but little... regardless, yeah, we got a lot to talk about. Of course, we came back from all that weekend. Uh, we're going to talk about the pay per view, which straight up, dude, was so good, and I had so much fun. Um, and we're going to talk about Dynamite, which just finished airing uh, as we are recording this episode. Um, but first, a couple things. One, the Lions are beating the, the Chiefs today, The way when you guys are hearing this. I just want you guys to know that. The spread is dropping. Travis Kelsey's probably not going to play. Chris Jones, I know, is not going to play. Lions are going to win. We start 1-0. Chiefs start 0-0. 0-1. Just want to point that out there. And we're going to move on from that. But I'm going to make sure we get all of our shilling out of the way. Uh, before we get into the news of the week, uh, make sure you guys are downloading this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts. If you listen to us on Spotify, whenever you listen to us on, give us a share with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish, and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode and leave a rating and a review. And you can follow us on Twitter at AT Elite Pod. You can also follow at Social Suplex, who make this show possible and have a bunch of other great shows on their network. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S Z U M O W I C Z. Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. Honestly, we already covered in our last episode. So if you want to li- listen to the news of the week and our thoughts on that, you can listen to our other episode. Uh, oh, I didn't change the news of the week. Yeah. Well, oh, again, yeah. we, we it was it's basically exactly like we we know what the news of the week is. Oh no, I, I said still I, the news. Oh no, I could change it to just AEW All Out preview. I mean review. I'm sorry, that's what I meant. <laughs> supposed to be yeah, just which is what we're gonna what, it's what we're gonna get into right now. Yeah. Um, just talking about All Out. Um, so um, there there is one thing I will mention. I, I don't know if I mentioned it to you, uh, yet. What since we got back, but um. Uh, so if people haven't looked at my social media stuff, I did wear a CM Punk cocky jersey at least like, cause I bought it. I wanted to wear it at a show and I never got the chance to until it showed up and I'm like, fuck it. I'm still wearing the jersey. Um, I don't know if I told you this while I, while, while I saw you, but as I was walking into the arena, there was a guy who saw me and told me, Hey man, they took my CM Punk sign, like claiming, I don't know if they did or not, honestly. Um, there's a lot of fake rumors going around for that show. Hey, but you remember us in this both wearing CM Punk themed shirts? Apparently, we were supposed to turn them inside out at some point. That was, wasn't true either, boys. I no one like, said a word to me. No one said a word to me. Yeah, stop spreading fake shit. But 
the guy was like, they took my sign. We got to take over. We got to let these people hear it. We got to take over the show. He says all this to me, and I just go, dude, I don't want to do that. I want to enjoy the show. I paid money to come see the show. I'm going to enjoy the show. I don't want to take part in any of that. To which he then tells me, you're not a true CM Punk fan. <laughs> Floyd, uh, do, do you want to weigh in on that? Am I? Am I? Am I a true? Because this guy doesn't seem to think so. Uh, even though I was wearing a hundred twenty plus dollar hockey jersey of the motherfucker. Apparently, I'm not a true fan though. Yeah, I don't know. Weird? I don't. I don't remember CM Punk getting on social. See, we're bringing him up again, but I don't remember him getting on social media and being like, "Uh, hey, take over." I don't. I don't remember that being a thing. I it's, just brought it up just because it was a fun story that I know I didn't no, tell you. No, it's the it's, only it's thing funny. I wanted to mention. It's and it hilarious. was and it led to my experience. It was my experience, at least, that started off yeah. when I walked to the United Center, and I was just like, "Oh, this could be a long night." Yeah. Oh no. So it's funny. So okay. Well, since we're going to talk, we're going to talk about this. I'll tell you something funny online. I'm in many wrestling groups, so the rumors started popping up that you had to turn your shirt inside out if you were a CM Punk fan. So I lit up and said, I am here. And me and my one of my friends is wearing a CM Punk shirt. And that I come, you know me, I roll deep at these shows. I know a oh, lot yeah. of people at these shows. And I was like, I've had 30 friends in different sections here that I've asked about this. It, you know, 30 people, not one person has saw or heard of what you're talking about. And they're like, and this dude's like, there's people out there with proof. And I put, show me the proof. Show me the proof where someone made them turn their shirt inside I just out. Pete, someone has proof. I'm here. I'm here. And I'm just like, man, I, I now understand how fake news and shit works. Because yeah. I'm literally here telling you that this doesn't exist. And this dude is still like, well, everybody's experience is different. That's true. Everybody's experience is different. I know enough people at these events, workers, everyone at these events, right? I know enough mm -hmm. people where I have pretty much like got an insight into the experience no matter where you're sitting. I know people mm -hmm. up in the 300s, the 200s, the 100s. And I'm saying out of 30 people, not one person said they even either had to turn their shirt inside out or heard of anyone trying to turn their shirt inside out. And so, you know what that means? No one had to turn their shirt inside out. Someone made it up, produced proof, quote, uh, air quote proof, put their shirt on inside out, and said someone made them do it. That's it. Yep. So they can get attention. But no, this wasn't a thing. Calm, calm the hell Yes, now. they were taking the signs. They were taking the signs at a uh, collision. WWE takes signs they don't want seen at their shows. And Every also, they didn't get does. all. They didn't get all of them. They didn't get all of them because there was a sign that said Tony Khan just cured cancer, but they spelled Khan's last name wrong. Dumbass. Yes. So. No. And uh, what is it? Uh, oh yes, my friend had one she made, and it said "By Felicia." It was pretty funny. Oh, that was that was your friend. I yes, saw that one. That's Amy. She was from the Hills Group. 
And uh, yeah, by Felicia, I thought that was hilarious. I oh, actually it was great shared plan words. it. Was I, a great I, plan I, words. I, I had to share it with a few of my friends. They're like, yes, that was a good one. But you know, again, it was part of the weekend. Uh, I mean, unfortunately, I mean, it was part of the weekend, and it was it was funny because I put out on my social media that. You know, because I'm wearing pink and black, all CMFTR stuff. And I'm like, I just want to let you know, my friends, I am not making any type of sign or point. These are all the clothes I have. <laughs> it's like, this is it. Meanwhile, I was wearing the physical embodiment of a kick me sign. <laughs> yes. And it was like, these are, these are all the clothes I have. I don't, I don't know what you want me to do. I plan what I'm wearing before I come to the event. But yes, it was it was interesting to see it happen and to see how fake news works. Because if you know me, I have my social media Facebook Messenger group, and yes. then I'll have my the club. And if you want to argue or discuss in those closed settings, I'm good. Look at my Twitter. I don't get involved on Twitter. I don't reply. I don't retweet. I don't like, I don't do any of that stuff on Twitter because mm -hmm. I don't know the people that I'm arguing with. I like discussing stuff with my friends because I know when the discussion's over, it's over. Whether we disagree with each other, agree with each other, it's over. We don't hate each other. We don't want each other to die. <laughs> it's just, oh, we discuss, we disagree, we move on. We discuss, we agree, and we move on. That's why I don't get in Twitter. Like that is why my name is FTR Express on Twitter, and no one comes at me for the most part because I don't get involved in that shit. Dex, Dex and Cash are grown ass men; they don't need me stepping in front of them. Like, mm -hmm. no, if they feel something needs to be addressed, they will address it. So yes. I will say but, that uh, say that uh, forever. But let's yes, we got a lot to review. Let's we got a lot to review, yes, again. Mm. And we said we weren't going to talk about it. I literally was just said, mentioning a funny thing that happened to me as yes. I walked into the arena. I honestly, like I said, that's it. All right? If you expect anything more on the matter, I'm, I'm not bothering, okay? So we're going to go ahead and get into uh, All Out. out. Um, I'm going to kind of blow by uh, most of the uh, uh, zero-hour matches relatively quickly, I would say. Uh, first, the over-budget ba charity Battle Royal, where the winner gave would get $50,000 to give to a charity of their choice. Um, straight up, literally, I'm watching the people come out, and I'm I'm enjoying it, and I'm, I'm getting hype and stuff like that. And then I hear Hangman's music, and then I just literally said to myself, gee, I wonder who's winning this match. He's the king and of the Battle Royal. Yeah, just literally exactly what I said. I was just like, I... I I have no idea. Um, match was fun. It was entertaining. Uh, best part, honestly, was the fact that I got to see Sean Spears back, which was amazing. And him and uh, uh, him and Daniel Garcia doing their 10 uh, dance-off. Amazing. And also, the fact that fucking Daniel Garcia gets eliminated and proceeds to do his stupid hip-thrusting dance up the ramp after he's been eliminated so amazing and the fact that i watched the show back and they filmed him doing it too like that was the spot of the entire match straight up but hangman won and he gave uh his fifty thousand dollars to the chicago public education fund considering he's a former teacher shouts out to him and he mentioned that also on dynamite this past night saying you uh teachers they're underpaid underappreciated we love you teachers 
Absolutely. I'm right there alongside him. Fuck yeah. Yeah, teachers and stuff. No, yeah, I, so. I mean, they're like, yeah. Magic's like fun, though. Saying teachers cool don't make money. Everything off. Teachers, teachers being broke and all that stuff just seems like, yeah, I was like forever. I, I, I always said this before, a little tidbit in me. That's what I wanted to be after I left right. high school. I was like, man, I want to be a teacher. Then I saw how much they made. <laughs> you can't. Yeah, no, no, no. Unless you somehow become a wrestler like Hank. No, no, no. They don't make anything. It is a labor, absolute labor of love. And I was like, I I, I like stuff. So that's why it didn't work out. (laughs) All right. But yeah, it was a fun match, though, to start things off. I just wanted to mention that the uh, trios match, uh, I loved it because Athena was absolutely, I loved seeing Athena. Uh, this match was a little bit rough around the edges, I would say, but it was at least cool to see all these girls at least on the show. Uh, the baby faces got the win off of Sky Blue getting the win. Uh, seeing her in her Chicago gear was super cool. Um, but yeah, it was it was a rough, I would say, like technically, it was a bit rough, but overall, it was just fun to see these girls. Uh, and all of them, I feel like, have a lot of bright futures if AEW proceeds to book them properly, I would say. My favorite was... Uh... Uh, what Athena? She was like, uh, "You suck, you suck." You know, talking to her tag team partners, and then she went to tag, and they both bounced. And I was like, "Oh, oh yeah, was... no, that was when Willow came in." Yeah, yeah. she's just like, "I'm gonna turn around and tag them down." So, yeah. shout out Billy Starks. She's yeah. adorable, and I love her to death. I just have to mention that, like, because I know she was out to the out uh, ringside she's for a, Athena's match. She's one of the few wrestlers you're older than. I know it's it's a weird thing. It's a weird thing. Yeah, right. but she's uh, yeah. adorable, and I think she's I think she's lovely. Yes. But yeah, and then finally the trios championship match uh, between the acclaimed Jay versus Jay Lethal, Jeff Jarrett, and Satnam Singh. My boy Sanjay Dutt with the Detroit Pistons jersey representation inside the United Center. Isaiah Thomas, fuck Michael Jordan forever in this household. Speak on it. Speak on it. Straight up. That man out here not letting Isaiah Thomas be on the dream team because he's a petty son of a bitch. Fuck that man forever. Straight up. Uh, uh, I, it's fu- it's real proclivity for positivity. But it's fuck, fuck Michael Jordan every day. LeBron James, the GOAT. Damn right. Okay, now you got me in. I was like, uh... <laughs> now, yeah, hey, whoa. He's like, oh. You had me at LeBron James. <laughs> That's how I had to get you back on my side. No, no, no. You were uh, like, I don't really have anything to say about the Pistons. LeBron James, oh, you picked up your head up immediately. Dennis Rodman, he was very happy to oh be. He was very happy to be in front of people, but he did not give a fuck about what they wanted him to do. Not even a little oh, bit. God. Not even a little I mean, bit. He, he, I will. I will say, despite that, though, it was he did do a good. He did do a good guitar spot with the shot on. Uh, uh, Jeff no, don't get me wrong. It was just like it was funny seeing Billy Gunn trying to direct him, like do this, do oh, this. Oh my god! Yeah, just <laughs> moving him across the side. Yes, it so yes, it was hilarious to me because it's like everybody knew what you were getting with Dennis Rodman. So it was like. What are you gonna tell the like? You're gonna tell the worm where and where when to go. Like you're gonna try to like like direct the worm. Yes. Can't they, like trust me? It's not it's not possible. Like you don't you don't try to do that. No, it's it was 
it was hilarious them trying to wrangle him. And yes. that's the best way I, word I can use is them trying to wrangle him, just like pretty much, yeah. Yes. But it was it was it was very funny. Uh, the scissor spot with all of them was something that I have saved in my phone forever. I will keep that forever. It's so stupid that I have that. Um, but yeah, uh, claimed one. It was silly. I honestly think the best part of the match was Sanjay Dutt wearing the goddamn Pistons jersey. I was so gassed. I literally was like Detroit basketball. No, see, see, I think the best part was the fact that uh, Dennis Rodman hits Sunday with the guitar, and it was supposed to happen behind the referee's back. Oh but yeah, Dennis Rodman, but Dennis Rodman wouldn't leave. <laughs> yeah, and he's just holding. He's just holding the scraps of the guitar. Yeah, and Billy Gunn is like telling them. Like, Billy Gunn is like, get out of the ring. Yeah, get out of the ring. Nope. Screw that. I'm soaking up this moment, damn it. I don't get this that often anymore. Yeah, no, it was it was, it was was hilarious because it was exactly what you, like, if you if everything went off right with Dennis Rodman, I would have kind of been disappointed. Right. Yeah, no. no it's got to be a bit of a mess. Yes, it's Dennis Rodman. He doesn't listen. He feel that he can Phil Jackson couldn't tell him what to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. No. It's hilarious. Yeah. It was funny. It was funny. All right. All right. Now we get to the main show, which opened with Better Than You, Bebe versus Dark Orders, Alex Reynolds and John Silver. I will tell you, roll it right now, dude. John Silver was a damn good heel in this match. Like, out of all of the members of the Dark Order uh, that have been heel in this recent run, I thought Uno was the best. Yes. John Silver did a damn good job healing it up against an over-ass tag team like Better Than You, Bebe. Um, they were, I got, they, they I, were they, exactly what was needed. Yes, exactly. And, consider, and co- like, considering the fact that they did this good performance, like I hope the Dark Order gets more consistent time. Because, like I said, Uno has been vicious as a heel. The way that they, he went after Hangman was vicious. I thought he tore him a new asshole. Uh, and I love John Silver. Reynolds continues to just be a great base, like just like, you know, backbone for uh, the Dark Order. And um, I think just the way that they're going about it too uh, is very good. Uh, of course, better than you, Bebe, over like Rover. They had Michael Jordan design T-shirts uh, as well with the double clothesline on the back, which was very cool. Um, at one point, MJF gets hit with a chair into his neck, and he's on the floor, and his neck is all messed up, and he has to go to the back while Adam Cole has to defend himself one-on-two, two-on-one against uh, Dark Order. But eventually, MJF comes back, holding on to his neck, fighting through comes to help out uh, Adam Cole, and eventually he's able to hit the kangaroo kick. They hit the double clothesline, and they get the victory, and uh, Adam Cole and MJF retain the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championships. Uh, This was a fun, really fun, good match to open up uh, the main show. I was was super shocked when MJF came back. I was like, man, that's not going to happen. No, it's kidding. Uh, No, uh, no, it was a very, very fun match. I honestly can say there wasn't one match I didn't like on the show, but this one was uh, really fun. MJF, it's hilarious because he is doing all the babyface, like, tropes. Like, like, 
you know, like playing to the crowd and getting people to cheer stuff. And it's hilarious because it's just, he's so good at it. And it's just like, he's almost as good at being a bad, good guy as he is at being a bad guy. And it's, like I said, hilarious to me. It's like how this this man, he, you know, when people talk about being a phenom at wrestling, I mean, he is every bit that word. I never thought, dude, that a babyface hang, uh, uh, MJF would work. I never thought it would work. And the fact that he has turned it by still being a dick, but being a lovable dick, yeah. like, I didn't think it'd be possible, but he's doing it, dude. I mean, like, he keeps saying he's a generational talent. He's a generational talent. Like, I, I seriously, dude, MJF is outstanding. I can't get enough of this. Yeah, you're not supposed to be this good at everything this young. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So, yeah, this is great. This then immediately led into Samoa Joe versus Shane Taylor as... MJF and uh, Adam Cole were still walking back up the ramp when Samoa Joe comes out to make his entrance. And then a little bit of history for your ass. Many years ago in NXT, a young 19-year-old unknown MJF was doing extra work for NXT. And the NXT champion Samoa Joe came out of his locker room and a young Maxwell into the wall. He does it again as he comes down the ramp in the United Center. But this isn't the same Maxwell. This Maxwell is better than you and you know it. And this Maxwell is the AEW world champion. This Maxwell has gone through hell and high water against some outstanding opponents like Cody Rhodes, like CM Punk, like so many great talents. Chris Jericho as well. Samoa Joe brushes him off like he's nothing once again but mjf is gonna fight back he immediately jumps into the ring and starts going after samoa joe after adam cole tries to hold him back they start brawling security separates them and then they get taken to the back that's when shane taylor comes out um straight up dude uh, the the brawl was the best part of this match and i don't mean to be rude on that uh these two men were big men beating the hell out of each other a little bit of a prelude of something that would happen later in the night. But it wasn't but, uh, meat. It wasn't, but it wasn't meat. meat. It yeah. was it was it was a little raw, unfortunately. It wasn't exactly what we wanted. Uh but it was still solid, but Shane Taylor is a guy that is underrated, but isn't at that level for AEW fans to really buy into them, buy into him at least. Uh and like I said, people were so gassed about the uh the brawl between him and MJF. That when Shane Taylor came out, it just felt like kind of things like simmered down a lot. So this this match was there. It was enjoyable. They didn't do anything wrong. Joe's outstanding. Uh, Shane Taylor is underrated, I would still say. But um, yeah, it was this match was basically there be, so we could get the ball rolling for MJF versus Samoa Joe, which I am so fucking excited for. Yeah, it's going to be exceptional. Uh, it's going to be... Be a good use of Samoa Joe. Uh, I don't want to skip over Shane Taylor. Let me let me no, give yeah. him, let me give him his moment. It was kind of cool. He made a pay per view. I don't know is when he first started with if when he first started with uh R O Tony Khan's R O H and how he was used. 
if anybody ever saw this man being on a pay-per-view, you know, that kind of thing. He really wasn't. Right, right, right. He wasn't featured like he was in Ring of Honor before. So they did a good job of building up this match. And, you know, I think he, you know, he did. If they would have followed Wardlow and uh, Miro is kind of saw what everybody wanted, I think they would have killed. But it was just like, this is, a, this is. This felt like an AEW audience. It felt like an AEW energy, and it was just like, yeah. And you know, they made they made something happen, which is what AEW fans do sometimes. So, this match wasn't that. It was good. It wasn't that. Right. No, for sure. But we move on. Next match was the TNT Championship match between Luchasaurus and Darby Allen, with Christian Cage backing up as well. First off, another thing I want to mention, I thought it was really cool the way that AEW was like mixing up the commentary booth as the show was going on. The consistent people that were on the entire way were Nigel McGuinness uh, and uh, Excalibur, of course. Uh, but then like it was opened up earlier on, and they had uh, – uh, uh, later on the show, they had Taz. Kevin Kelly was on early on. Jim Ross came in at this point for the TNT Championship match. I loved how they mixed it up as the show went along. The only person who wasn't on there, surprisingly, was Tony Schiavone, I would say, which was a bit of a surprise. He wasn't on the show uh, at all? Uh, no. That, from yeah. what I saw, no. I don't believe he was. They weren't doing a lot of like the big announcements of the when the changes were made, so I didn't know if he was on or not. I just No, in fact, the person the person who announced that uh, what uh, Hangman was donating his 50000 to was uh, Nigel McGuinness. So. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah I wonder what happened. I don't know, but yeah. it was just an interesting thing I noticed. I did like how they it changed it up, though, as the show went along. For how long these shows tend to be and getting different commentators out there, especially since they're considering how many commentators they have hired, I like seeing all of them get be able to get used on pay-per-views, so that way they get a payday. Uh, but uh, this TNT Championship match, dear God, Darby Allen got tossed around. Like, he got absolutely swung around, busted open, uh, Christian Cage was just m- marching orders to Luchasaurus. Uh, at one point, Nick Wayne, after uh, Luchasaurus had steps onto Darby's back and then proceeded to just walk on top of the steps, Nick Wayne is there watching. Um, and like I said, Luchasaurus is getting the absolute cra- uh, take, taking everything and kicking the crap out of Darby on. But he keeps fighting back. And there's a point where what we thought was going to happen was that Nick Wayne was going to throw in the towel. Christian Cage literally offers a towel to Nick Wayne. But eventually, though, he flies out of the ring and hits Christian. And then Darby continues to set it up, though, as he looks like he's going to get it uh, happening. Christian Cage, though, hits Nick Wayne with a chair and starts beating up on Nick Wayne, which distracts Darby. And then Luchasaurus proceeds to take him, tombstone him twice, and then clock him in the back of the head. And he gets the pinfall, retains the TNT Championship, and Christian Cage immediately gets in there. Looks like he's going to hit a concerto onto uh, Darby Allen. Nick Wayne is being held back, and then the locker room comes basically in to stop that from happening. So, and Darby is just basically he has to get carried out of there. So, so this was so Sean, oh, Sean Spears was one of the people that came out, and it was funny. I was with somebody, and he was like, "Oh, I think he came out just because they were using a chair, and that's his thing." I laughed. I laugh when they say. I that. mean, I, in a sense, like I feel like in order yeah. to use a chair, you have to talk to the chairman. Yeah, like, you got to talk to chairman. He has to give you the seal of approval. But it was just hilarious. I was like, I didn't even think of that. But 
He's like, he didn't come out to save Darby. He was really upset that yeah. you know, he was still in his gimmick. <laughs> no, exactly. Uh, no, uh, Luchasaurus, to me, I mean, other people might have different opinions, probably looked the best I've ever seen Luchasaurus look. I yeah. Mean, just like as the vicious guy. I mean, and that's he the thing. Luchasaurus like, looks cool. He looks cool when he's doing a lot of his like crazy kicks and stuff like that and the moves that he can do when he's a babyface. But like just... I mean, Darby makes big men look like big men. Yes. Big. It's one of the best things about Darby. It's one of the things that came around. It's just like, he's the underdog in every match he's in. He's the smaller person in every match he's in. And he does such a great job of telling that story of, you know, baby face in peril. And it's just like, he doesn't Nobody sell And nobody sells like him, too. Yeah. He sells like he's going to die. He's like genuine concern for him if he's okay, you know, and, you know, he's really great at it. And it was just, this is like one of those, I like, I love this match because it just spotlighted what Darby could do for someone. You know what I mean? Nobody's like, like going out and saying Luchasaurus is one of the greatest wrestlers ever. But in this match, he looked like one of the best wrestlers ever. Straight up, dude. And again, Darby continues to be like my favorite AEW wrestler, like AEW specific wrestler, like the guy who started in AEW. Like, there's a reason why out of everybody in the pillars, I is a legit pillar of this company. Yeah. From like I said, from from that match with Cody Rhodes, that time limit draw at Fighter Fest, like he has been my favorite. Like he won me over in one night. Yeah. I didn't know who he was. One match, I'm like, there's my favorite right there. Yeah, I will tell so. you, if you did not know this, he he is my favorite pillar. And my pillars are MJF, Darby, Sammy Guevara, and Britt. <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but I was literally going through Twitter and fucking Daniel Garcia. So people follow Daniel Garcia. Well, either I don't know if he's at the hotel or if he's viewing outside of the, the stadium. But there are people who see him through the window and they're doing the fucking dance and he tweeted out a video of fans just doing his dance at him. Oh my god, I love this. I'm sorry, I, I completely cut you off. I'm sending you this now. They were doing his <laughs> dance at they him? They were doing his dance at him. <laughs> I'm sending... This is the funniest shit. Oh my god. Don't even have hips. They don't even have hips. Oh my god, that is the funniest thing I've ever seen. I just sent it to you, but if you're interested, okay. I don't mean to interrupt. But I just—it it literally was tweeted a minute ago, and it's the—that is so funny. <laughs> it's a movement. Oh my god, they cannot dance. <laughs> this is no, they can't. This is. Uh, this is uncomfortable. This is, this it's is bad. So funny. They're doing it's so this. bad. It's so funny. Oh my god! It is <sighs> yes. Like not one of them has a hip motion at all. It's just That's what it's, I'm saying. It's yeah. literally just like your. It's literally like your pelvis is just like stuck. It's like they're standing there and just moving their arms up and down. Yeah, pretty much. All right, yeah. I don't the one in the, the the one in front is like the worst. Like, oh, I know. <laughs> and he knows he's the worst because he's the one who got in front. 
Yes. No. He's no. Like, had to have him see. Yes, I need so, you. I need you to see me. I I need you to see me, uh, Daniel. This is for you. This is for you, Daniel. This is for you. <laughs> this is for you. It is a movement, though. No. no but yeah. No. Moving on, though. Oh, yeah, anything you wanted to say, though? Lastly, about the Derby match. Oh uh, no, I'm good. Okay. Now, this is a special match. Miro versus Powerhouse Hobbs. What? <laughs> I mean, this match became a different beast. Okay. This match, this match became something completely different than what anybody else thought it would be. A match with a little bit of story going into it became something no, so I will else. say this: it was exactly what everybody thought it would be. Oh, it was exactly, they, but, but we, people we, yes. were just like, okay. there was a demand for it more than anything. Yes, and that's what it was. Uh, yeah, because it started off like a regular match, and they started slapping each other, and then up from the top, I heard it start. It's like so, this guy that was behind us was trying to get it started from the very beginning. He was like, he 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 was like. Meat mania, meat forever. He was just chanting, and everybody's like looking at him weird. But about five minutes into the match, I people just started. So, so what y'all heard was this man doing work. Do the work. Shout out to Cody Rhodes for that statement because this man did the work because he just kept chanting and kept chanting, and then people started chanting with him, and they was like, oh, and then all of a sudden, meat. Meat, meat, and I'm like, I start chanting because you know, my favorite match. It, I even said, I ever get rich, I am doing, uh, I'm doing a meat man tournament at uh at a WrestleMania weekend where I'm just gonna get the biggest guys I go and they can just come beat the shit out of each other, cause that's big man, big big a uh, meaty man bumping meat. And I would have to get Big E to uh, host it because. Uh, oh, exactly. Yeah, if there's because, ever, if there's, you get Big E to host. Yes, because so I was like, this thing, this match was over because of a joke or a thing Big E did like two or three years ago at this point. A meme. And, I think it was even longer than that. Yes. I think it was even longer than that. Yes. Like straight up. And like my I while we were watching the match and the, the, the meat chance really started to gain momentum, um me and Sydney clearly could see Miro just like peek a little smirk on his face, like a like a smile, and he's like almost kind of giggling to himself. Yes. I straight up believe, and this is my conspiracy theory, I think they added another ten minutes to this match just so they can feed into the meat chance. Oh because dude, I yeah, I I think this match was hot, and they went with it. And I think yeah. uh, very much Miro called the audible. I mean, I think uh, I think Will Hobbs is very much uh, veteran enough to pull this off. But it seemed like if you were kind of watching the watching it closely, it looked like Miro was like, "Oh, we got him, and let's do, let's go." And then they just. Literally, they stopped wrestling at that point. They just started just a movie, meat chops. You know, yes, suplexes and all that stuff. And I was like, I want the moment every- I knew that they were like, I'm gonna keep going with this. Was then when he did like the old, like almost like the fella cross chops over the ropes, like Miro did that yeah. as he just started meat, 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 yes. meat, and then the, like again, all the chance in the world, slap that meat, and then meat forever, holy meat. 
that was every that bi- was... every big person wrestler that is going to do big matches needed to watch this match. And listen, when you have two people that look like Miro and you have and Will Hobbs wrestling, this is all we want. We don't want to see that you could do a hurricane Rana. We don't want to That's see. That's the thing too. It's like people. People are always of the mindset of, oh, AEW fans. They just want garbage indie wrestling and like backyard flipping gymnastics and uh, trash cans over people's heads and people bleeding all over. Nobody wanted that in this match. Everybody. In this match, you give us exactly what you advertise, which is exactly what we've said. Two big men with big chests bumping meat. Yes. That's yes. all we need. And these guys knocked it out of the park. Like straight up, like when people were asking me, like, what was your favorite match? And I was just like, dog, I'm just tempted to just straight up say Miro Hobbs just because of the meat. Like it was too, it was too fucking good. As, I, as it was happening. Our asses off. As it was happening and as I was watching it, um, I was like, this is going to be my match of the night. Then another match. Oh yeah, came and kind of just like went on a whole nother level that I was that I should I was expecting honestly, and uh, but yes, this match was amazing. I mean, shout out to Big Hobbs, shout out to Miro. I I mean personally, the wrong guy won, but based on what happened after the match, which Austin will tell you about, it ended up being the right decision. Right. So eventually, Hobbs taps out, hit with the game over. Then, regardless of the fact, they shake, shake hands. Literally, uh, what's the name of the movie? The fucking big muscle arms handshake thing yes. that they tweeted out. I can't think of the movie name. Uh, was it? But uh, they, uh, uh, was it over the top? Over the top. I think it was. Yes. Yeah. They do that whole moment, and it's beautiful. Uh, but eventually, though, Hobbs jumps uh, Miro behind the back and starts beating him down, and then eventually, see Perry also known as Lana, comes out with a steel chair, hits Hobbs, who then looks over at CJ, and then eventually Miro grabs the chair, knocks it into Hobbs' head, and CJ starts walking towards uh, Miro, and he starts backing away. Because he had said, though, like he'd basically given up his ways. So he wouldn't, he would not embrace CJ. And he he, he kept saying, she, you're not real. You don't You're not exist. Real. You don't exist. You're not real. It was amazing. Uh, and guess what? She has no name. Her name is Hot and Flexible. <laughs> That's what Hot her name is. Hot and Flexible. Hot and Flexible. That's amazing. Uh, her signing, or I don't, I don't know if she's officially signed, but her being on AEW is great. Uh, I mean, I mean, like being realistic, there's a kind of a hole in collision right now. So they're going to need to try to fill that hole with as many different names and stars they can to get people to not just turn the TV on uh, college football. So, yeah, bringing her and what they're going to be doing with Miro and his wheelhouse has something to do with it adds a very interesting storyline to collisions on Saturdays. Oh, yeah. And shout out to the meat T-shirt that's already dropped. Okay. Uh, I felt like it needed a picture of meat on it. Like what either that, says, either was, that, or it needed a picture of the handshake, and then it just says "meat." Yes, because I will tell you, I was like, if it had a big seventy-two ounce steak on it and said "meat," or a whole bunch of steaks on it and said "meat," 
it would be an automatic buy, right? I would yeah. have bought it already. Straight up. Now I might wait a week. I'm going to buy it, but I might I, wait a but week. But here's or the two. deal I don't think this is going to be the only one. I think they made this one so quickly because of it being out of nowhere. I'm expecting Hobbs and Miro and more big men to just start running with the meat shit. Dude, and, uh, dude if they do, I even said they should do a, a tournament between. Um, uh, a, a tournament between uh, Grand Slam and Full Gear with nothing but people over six foot, like two hundred fifty pounds, like beating the crap out of each other, and then the winner gets mocks at Full Gear. That I was like, oh, yeah. I was sitting, or they could get like yeah. a, or, or they could get basically the equivalent of a super heavyweight championship. That's just the meat, the meat yeah. title. Well, see, I didn't want another belt because I was like, you know, Mox is, <laughs> Mox is a, a big dude, and uh, no, but I was like, dude, if you want to do it right, I'm talking, I'm all about bringing it in, have it sponsored by Omaha Steaks, <laughs> and then the winner gets lifetime steaks, and then a shot at John Moxley. Boom! There you go. There you go. Yeah, Fair no, enough, no, yeah. go and go all the way in. Don't, no, don't. That's the whole thing is people stop halfway, and that's when it's corny. When you yes. go all the way all in, the way. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. That's We're, when it becomes iconic. Yeah, that's when it comes kind of iconic. You just gotta just do everything about it. Just like have yeah. like referee wearing a big meat uh, referee shirt. Go all the way in. Like if you're gonna do it, go all the way in. Make it Absolutely. completely your own. Moving on, the TBS Championship match, Chris Statler and Ruby Soho. God, I felt bad for these girls. Like, this wasn't even a match where, like, honestly, this match was booked in the right position. But just no one could have expected the way that that match beforehand would become, like, a completely different level of meat. Uh, So the crowd was definitely worn out. Um, That being said, Chris and Ruby did a really good job. Um, I did really like the way that they performed. Uh, I loved the the way that Soraya was being used on the outside and the way that she was interacting with fans, and I thought that was really good. Uh, eventually, though, as uh, Ruby Soho hits the no future in Destination Unknown, uh, it gets a near fall, but then Soraya proceeds to grab her spray paint, and then Tony Storm, crawling out from under the ring, takes the can and then just starts kind of looking off in the distance and spraying the can around and like walking into it like it's deal like it's like the uh, p- perfume or something like that. And she's just in, in get in a gaze and then Statlander hits the Sunday night fever pins Ruby Soho to retain the TBS championship. And Soraya is pissed. And Ruby Soho is just absolutely distraught. You know, she and, keeps getting opportunities, but she just keeps coming up short. Uh, yeah. And on yeah. dynamite straight up, uh, uh, Tony storm wouldn't acknowledge it. She's like, what are you talking about? What what spray paint? I don't. Nothing's coming to mind. I I never did a part with spray paint. Like you know, going full act, actress of the stage. Like I there's I've done so many parts. I can't remember one about a spray paint can. I don't know anything about that. Well, uh, but this this was this was solid. I will say. But god damn it, dude, the meat match. Like I mean, it it there was nothing. There was nothing they could do. It overshadowed a lot. It was like it was even all the people around us. Uh, you know. Uh. The hill section was in it, and they were doing everything they can to, you know, uh, get everybody, you know, cheering and everything. But, yeah, people were literally still talking about the meat match. It had nothing to do with the women. But, again, like, this 
Yeah, you, were, you agree with me, right? This was the right place for this match. Yeah, to be absolutely. Absolutely. Because you would think that like the, am, the Miro and Hobbs match would be like kind of a chill spot. And then like, yeah, the, no. the Lana debut would be huge. But other than that, like it would the match itself was seemed to be like just a basic big man match. But then the meat chance just went a insane. I am still like I am historically like uh very much that Tony Khan puts the women's matches in literally the worst places ever. That today, this wasn't it. This was a great place for the match to be. Miro and Hobbs stole the show. They did what they're supposed to do. They went out there and they made the the best of their time. And then this match was solid. It was a solid match. Don't get me wrong. It's just, unfortunately, people were distracted. But uh, yeah, I was like, it kind of needs a moment. I feel like the women's division needs a moment. Whether it's Monet even if whether it's a Monet moment or if it's Cargill coming back or something, it, the women's division needs a shot in the arm, and I don't know what it is. I, I, you know, I, I am a very some. I'm a creative person. I generally come up with some fairly good wrestling ideas that people like. I don't know what the women's division needs. I, I don't know. I mean, I think, I think, I, I, I think Athena. Is what the women's division needs. I think, I, think so. I think she's developed her character enough on ROH to where it's ready for, you know, uh, Dynamite and uh, Dynamite Rampage and Collision. And I think it's a very like a character that you're drawn to. So I I do think it's ready for her to graduate at this point. I, I mean, obviously, maybe they don't think it too, but I just think she's. I think Athena's the best version of herself right now. So yeah. I I would spotlight her as much as I could because she is she plays a terrible person very very well. Yeah. Straight up. But moving on, the no disqualification strap match between Absolute Ricky Starks and the American Dragon Danielson. Now we're all pretty certain that this match was supposed to be CM Punk and Ricky Starks. We're already we're pretty sure about that. Um, the the American Dragon comes out, and he comes out to the final countdown for a second time, first time since Forbidden Door two. And someone made the joke to me that seems like they took the CM Punk contract money and put it towards getting the final comeback, final final countdown back. And I was like, you know what? That is money well spent. I lost my shit when the final countdown started playing. I was like, oh my god. I was so gassed, and these guys beat the hell out of each other. This match was vicious. I was like just absolutely grimacing the way they beat the hell out of each other. Danielson bleeding on one side of his face pretty much through all of it. And Ricky healing it up, doing amazing stuff. The American, I mean, I mean, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat watching this match and then proceeding to get Big Bill off of the uh, map and knocking him down and knocking down Big Bill. Um, yeah, this was my match of the night. I thought this match was absolutely incredible. And it's even more incredible considering the fact that Danielson mentioned on the presser after the show that like he had a little behind the scenes magic because his his arm was still like wrapped he still had like a sort of a cast on his arm from the Okada match 
And he made the statement, like, I didn't throw a single punch with that arm. And I was just like, oh, my God. That's that's insane. And I literally, I thought back to, as the match kept going on, I was like, is this really going to be better than his match with Okada? Because, I mean, like, I, I, I still try to, you know, give the match with Okada the benefit of the doubt because of the injury and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but it, obviously, it wasn't what it could have been. This match, straight up, was another level. I, it might be close to being one of my matches. It might be my match of the year, honestly. If, if I'm if I'm thinking about it more and more, I think it might be my match of the year. Uh, the only thing that might become... It, it's going to be between that and Omega Osprey, I feel like, at, at Forbidden Door. I think it's going to be between those. I'm going to have to decide, but holy shit, this match was so good. Yeah, um, this match was great, and it just felt like another star-making performance for Ricky Starks, and it's just like, you keep hearing, this is the star-making performance, this is the star-making performance, but you keep wondering, you know, like, you know, when when are they going to, you know, try to treat him like a star? Felt like he should have won that match. I uh, felt like he could have should have won that match. I know he wasn't, but it's just like, dude, come on, we need Ricky to have a big win. And no, it was it was fun. I like that he didn't tap out. I uh, love that that you couldn't make him tap out. He passed out. That was cool. Lots of blood everywhere. Uh, yeah, it was. You know, Brian Danielson. I hear from people that I respect, like highly respect, consider to say Brian Danielson might be the best American professional wrestler ever. Right? You know what this match did? Nothing to, to say they're wrong. It, it has done nothing to make, oh, like, you're wrong. No, he is, this man is exceptional. The fact that he did it without one arm, the fact that you, honestly, unless you were paying close attention, you really couldn't even tell this man was hurt. He No, straight up. Done. So this dude is just exceptional on a level that I don't think anybody will ever reach. It's like you want to be like, Hey, I want to be like this person. You're like, I want to be like Brian Danielson. I'm like, shoot lower, kid. You know, because that dude is, you know, that dude makes everything work. You know, I, you know, and it was just everything he did in this match was amazing. I thought, I thought this match for both of them, uh, I thought Ricky looked strong in the loss is what, you know, what he needed to do is look strong in the loss. And I thought that was perfectly uh, done well. He look, came out looking like he could have beat him if it was maybe a regular match or some kind of thing. And then Big Bill, Big Bill as his heavy, that worked too. It was just like this match just worked on like every level. It was still, for personally, you know, I am a, you know, p- people have told you that I've been very open about how like the no DQ street fight matches have kind of wore on me. So this was not my match of the night, you know. The regular wrestling match was my match. My thing I, with that though is yeah. I felt like I felt just like from a because that's the thing is like you know from a one on one selling perspective because that's the thing I feel like you know you can do all the hard spots and stuff like that but when you can just present the emotion yeah. of the pain that you're going through and that's the thing with Danielson it's like I said the way he sells and the way that this man like just goes through hell and high water to keep fighting to win. I don't know, man. I just it, it felt different. And I and I, I've agreed with you on the fact that like, you know, the BCC and the levels of their like, you know, hardcore wrestling matches and all that kind of stuff. Yes. Like I said, the amount of matches we got with BCC members and this kind of stuff that it's been too much. It has been too, too, too much. But 
even still, I felt this one had a different element to it, and it made it way more entertaining for me. And it was like it was so fucking good, it was so good. Um, but moving on, we had Ed and Shibata. He had the New Japan Strong Openweight Champion in Kingston and Ring of Honor Pure Champion Katsuyori Shibata versus Ring of Honor World Champion Claudio Castagnoli and Wheeler Yuta. Um, this match was fine. Honestly, I was slightly disappointed by it a little bit. I thought there was definitely some solid spots in there. Maybe I was coming down a little bit from uh, the previous match. But I think more so out of all of this, though, watching this match, it just it makes me itch. It makes me absolutely itch for when we get Eddie Kingston versus Claudio Castagnoli in a singles match. Because that's what I want more than anything, honestly. Getting these guys finally to get a singles match is what I want so bad. It wasn't a bad match. It was a good match, but it wasn't one that I honestly have too many uh, huge uh, memories of, honestly, just thinking back on it. Other than the fact of when Yuta got, like, clocked by Shibata and died. Yes. Like, Shibata just clocked him across the side of the head, and Yuta dropped. And I was just like, he killed him. He just killed him right there. Shibata killed another person. Add him to the list. Like, that's the only thing that really sticks in my head from the... uh, from the match, but regardless, uh, Claudio uh, ends up pinning Eddie Kingston and gets the win for Blackpool Combat Club. Um, and again, it just gives me the like the want and the push towards the uh, singles match between those two because that's what I want. the The hatred for these two men. This is the feud that I want to see get like actual time and actual like TV time for segments and promo battles and set up for a blow up blow off match. It's what I want so bad. Yes, uh, Tony Khan said screwed to me. He said, screw you, and you retired of Blackpool Combat Club. I'm going to give you all the Blackpool Combat Club tonight. And I thought this match kicked ass. I mean, it wasn't going to meet, it wasn't going to beat the meat, uh, but it, it, it was very physical, very violent. I love the way, uh, I love the way that, uh, Eddie Kingston sees wrestling and likes to tell his story. I, the whole idea that Claudio, it's not that Claudio is scared of Eddie Kingston. He's not. He doesn't respect Eddie Kingston. He doesn't want to wrestle Eddie Kingston because he doesn't respect him. He'll fight Eddie Kingston, but he doesn't respect him as a wrestler. He thinks he's trash. And the fact that all only uh, Eddie Kingston, no matter what he's done, everything he's accomplished in wrestling, nothing means anything until he beats Claudio. And that that is like that story. No one had to tell you that Excalibur didn't have to break it down. They tell this. They've told this story physically. They've told this story, you know, through it. And I just thought it was brilliantly done. And, they, and just like you said, I need him to wrestle. I need him to wrestle uh, Claudio. And it's like, that's where you want people at. That's where you want. That's when wrestling is great. When you need a matchup. And that's, and this is, it's great. They've done it perfectly. I can't get mad at them. It's like, you need Claudio to lose to Eddie Kingston. No one else at this point can beat Eddie Kingston. and it, I mean, beat uh, Claudio, and it'd be satisfying in any way. And you don't want Kingston to get his first pinfall in a, a tag match. You don't want him to get his first pinfall over Claudio in like a four-way match. You want it to be for the title. You know, and it's like, I think that's... Really awesome. I think they've done this story really well. And it's and this is an ROH story. And it's like 
and it's such a good story. I want this, you know, I want it to play out on like Dynamite Rampage or at one of the pay-per-views, but you know, rightfully so, it should be at Final Battle because you know, you know, that's it's an ROH uh, rivalry. So yeah, yeah, no, so. No, it's been great. No, it's been great. I, 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 bravo to how they've told this story from beginning yep. to where they are now. Right. Next up, the cleaner, Kenny Omega versus Kanosuke Takeshita. Uh, this match was absolutely fantastic. It was just fantastic. Takeshita, quite possibly with his best match in AEW, Kenny Omega continuing to just, like, do amazing shit. There was a point though, uh, early in the match where, t- where it looked like Kenny Omega got dropped straight on his head and it terrified the fuck out of me. Um, I thought like it would look, um, but regardless of the fact, these guys went after each other. It was so good. The way that Takeshita was throwing V triggers of his own too. I loved, um, and the avalanche blue thunder bomb was amazing. Like blue thunder bomb is one of my favorite moves. I loved when he did the Haluva kick into the Blue Thunder Bomb, and you heard the Ole Ole chants. Shouts out to my boy El Generico. Um, and yeah, no, these guys beat the hell out of each other. And eventually, it looks like one winged angel is up. And Takeshita had a screwdriver that uh, Kenny Omega dodged from Don Callis. Takeshita uh, had the screwdriver, but Paul Turner takes it, takes it out of his hands. But then at that point, though, Takeshita takes his knee pad down and then hits a knee strike that just knocks Omega to the ground and pins Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega continuing to not be able to stop Don, Cal- Don Callis and his family. And someone made the joke to me where it was like, Young Bucks are back to doing tag team feuds. Uh, Kenny, uh, Hangman Page is... What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Back in singles feuds, and Kenny Omega's back on a losing streak. We're back to year one of AEW, everybody. Let's go. Uh, I thought that was a funny comment someone made. <laughs> yes. But this match was out. That ma- this ending, uh, it's Takeshi's best match in AEW by Country Mile. Uh, I'm so happy for Takeshi. I want to see him continue to get better and better. And Kenny Omega, dude, like this dude is just so good every single time. He just, every time he delivers. Like, you knew this is what they could do. You do you do know with the time and everything, this is what they could do, and it was exceptional in like every way, and it, it was it was perfect. It was the right person went over, you know that kind of thing, and it, it was like after I saw that, after it went over, I was like, after I saw him went over, I was like, yeah, Takeshita deserved tonight to be his night, and they didn't need to yes. uh, do like any of the other people. Because if any of the other people, it kind of takes away from the shine that Takeshita deserves on this one. This is this is like perfect. It was great match. Um, like I I I can't like not enough adjectives in this world 
to really describe how good this match was. It was like, and you know what the weird part is? You could tell they left something on the table. You could yeah. tell they left something on the table. You could tell there's another match. Like, without a shadow of a doubt, you could tell that there's a another great match here for them to do. And that just, like, gets me excited. I don't know when they're going to do it, but there is another level for them to hit. There is a match where you could, I could see Kenny winning. There's a match where I could see Takeshita winning again. Uh, there's another match, and that excites me more than anything, is that there is another match coming between these uh, people, and it's going to be uh, great. It's going to be, like, freaking magical. And uh, this match... Uh, I don't know. I don't like. I know I don't do the star thing a lot. So don't get me wrong when I say this. I don't know if this was five stars, but if you said four seven five, I'm like, yep, I'm right there with you. You know this. I I, I, th- I thought for a second it was gonna be my. Uh, I definitely thought for a second it was gonna be my uh, my match of the night. I, that's what one of the things I first said. But then I kept going back to that strap match, and I was just like, oh my god, dude! It's just like I can't. I can't get past it. Honestly, it's so good. Yeah, no, uh, I couldn't fault you. If you like this match, uh, or uh, if you like this match or Daniel Bryan, uh, Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson the best, I I don't have an argument. I just I think they were both, I think they were both exceptional matches, and I think we had two exceptional matches. One really great match. I don't think there was a bad match on the show. Uh, ultimately, I, I you know this was like. AEW doing what AEW does best. Uh, every now and then they have these little hiccups and these moments where um, you know people doubt whether they can be AEW, and then they come out and they put on a show like this. This is why they're my preferred company. They do professional wrestling the way I want professional wrestling done. They uh, put the you know the shine on the right people at the right time. I and I just thought this I thought this was a great show. Uh if you look at like cage match and all this stuff, I I don't do that personally, but I have friends that uh subscribe to cage uh cage match and looking at the ratings to get a general consensus of what everybody thought on the show. Uh this rated as like either number 3 or 4 of the highest rated shows in AEW history. So, yeah, and it's like I've said this before, and I will say it again. When it comes to pay-per-views, TK don't miss. I no. mean, I can literally buy a Dude, I, t- I told you I yeah. felt like the, like with the weird vibe this show had and with the fact that it was seven days uh, after the biggest pay-per-view in wrestling history, I was like, I don't agree with this placement at all. The fact that he wants to do the same placement for it next year, I still don't agree with it. But, dude, this show absolutely over-delivered. It absolutely over-delivered. TK, when it comes to this, simply put, the man does not miss. He he just doesn't. I mean, say what you want about, you know, whatever you want. This man does not miss some pay-per-views. He realizes that you are parting with your money, and he makes it very well worth it. Yeah. And then I blacked out for the next 20 minutes. There, I, I, I'm, I, I'm told there was a match that took place after Kenny's match. Um, I just remember, like, Kenny's match finishes, like, 20 minutes of my life blacked out. I don't remember a goddamn thing. And then it was the main event. So I, I, I couldn't tell you a goddamn thing that happened in this uh, 
in this match. Apparently, it was an eight-man tag. I, I don't remember anything about it. So, Floyd. Yes. So, next up, the match that I'm looking was looking most forward to when, you know, I bought the tickets and all that stuff to the show. My boys, FTR, and the Young Bucks. I mean, actually, they're both my boys. Again, two favorite tag teams ever, if I have not made that very clear. Uh, and they were going up against the person I was with, Mr. Tyler Rawman's team, the uh, the Bullet Club Gold, Jay uh, White, Switchblade Jay Wright, Rock Hard, Juice Robinson, and the Guns probably have the best entrance in wrestling. Yes. Uh, you know, they come out and... Dude, so I want to give a shout out to Lauren May. I doubt she ever listens to this show or even knows it exists. She's in the Hills group. She had this Austin Gun, like Gun Club jersey, number 31, Gun across. She designed and had it printed out, you know, and I just thought, I saw the jersey when uh, when I originally saw her ad. I was like, dude, I'm going to ask her where she got that so I could get it. And then I found out it was custom made, so it came from her brain. So I definitely wanted to give that a shout out because, uh, yeah, now you know me, I'm all about my custom shit. You know, all the shoes and all the stuff that I get done, I'm all about custom shit. So when I see somebody's brain, you know, you know, you know, something that came up in their brain and it comes out and it comes out that awesome, I always want to give them a shout out. But uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, great match. Uh, there was a lot of different things. There was uh, the sharpshooters. Then they were switching up moves. Uh, first of all, I want to uh, shout out to Cash and Dax. Uh, throwing up the X on the way out. And then when Dax was about to hit the VTE trigger, uh, uh, Nick said, VTE trigger! Or, I think it was Nick. Or was it Matt? I don't know. It was. I believe it was Matt. Yeah, I, but actually, I don't know because I blacked out. <laughs> Yes. So it said VTE trigger, and then uh, Dax looks at his watch like it was clobbering time, and then they double did the double knee. Uh, yeah, uh, the finish came where there was a bunch of confusion, and Jay White hit Cash with the sw- uh, the God Blade Runner. Blade Runner. God damn it! If you would have asked me like five seconds ago with no not needing to know, I would have been like, "Oh, it's Blade Runner." But when this moment when I needed to pull it, it wouldn't come to me. And hits gets the one, two, three. Uh, yeah, this was a. Let me tell you, I am. I wouldn't even say this. I'm all about fun. I'm all about excitement. I hate random eight man tags. I hate them. Hate them. Hate them. I did many, many years of WWE dealing with it. You four guys against you four guys. Absolutely hate them. This was amazing. This was like four on four. They had multiple stories to tell. Jay White stayed protected and looking like one of the best singles wrestlers ever. Uh, Dax and Cash did their thing. Young Bucks got their shine. The guns looked amazing. And, and the guns are like, it, Austin says stuff every now and then that, you know, like, you know, he's very annoying, but it's it, it's even more annoying than it's true. And he said, um, what did he say? He said, he's like, dude, we're only three years in. Like, when I when you say three years in, you know, you think, oh, man, they did the indies and stuff. No. Colton has been wrestling three years and six months. That's it. 
I think Austin's right at four or five or whatever. That's it. And as a tag team, they've been together three years, and they're at the level that they're at right now. And, like, I know wrestling doesn't work like this. Sometimes an act gets to where they are and never gets better. But if they keep improving, keep evolving, you know, the sky's the limit when it comes to this thing. This is how they are without three years. They both have that natural charisma. Austin Gunn, I mean, the Bullet Club gold is the role that he was meant to play. You know, this is it. I mean, it was like you always saw that charisma. You always saw the energy. You always saw a little bit of the it factor. But it it was out of place. You know, even when they were alone, when they were with their dad, it was out of place. This is the place for it. The Bullet Club Gold is the place for it. It accentuates everything they do. This match, they don't ever look out of place. They looked right there with all uh, the other six in this match. Great match. I Man, I really thought this was good. Uh, it, it far outweighed my expectations. And yeah, Bullet Club Gold won. So Tyler was super happy about it. He's like, I'm not going to rub it in. I was like, were the titles on the line? He was like, well, no. And I was like, well, whatever. (laughs) I was like, whatever. And like, no, uh, the title wasn't on the line. So I was like, I'm cool. But FTR showed up, showed out. Young Bucks showed up, showed out. I was very proud to be a fan of both. And Bullet Club Gold, honestly, Bullet Club Gold was on the other show. They would be my favorite group. You know me. You know my personality. You know how I am about bad guy factions. You know how I am about being loud and enthusiastic. If they were going up against anybody but FTR, I'm rooting for Billy Club Gold. It's just solid showing. Solid match. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, Nick and Matt. So it's one of those things where we, you know, we've decided not to talk about, you know, what we talk about. They have not gotten that memo. <laughs> they have not gotten that memo. They did everything to piss Cal- uh, uh, Chicago off that they could. Uh, they probably pissed my co-host off very much. No, because here's the deal, too. It's honest to God. Like I make the joke that I blacked out for the 20 minutes of this match. Because, um, yes, when the Bucks came out, there was a good, por- there was a small, a pretty solid portion of the crowd that were like, they're mad at the Bucks. Mad. But also, like, I mean, you could probably uh, agree. You, you'd probably have the same thought. Uh, 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 you'd have you'd be able to back me up on this statement was that anytime I think I heard like maybe a few times and like one chant of his name. And then by the time they start the second like chant, you just hear you just hear like an absolute like they overtook it. Because I felt like 75% of Chicago were just like, we're moving on. We're done with this. And 25% of Chicago was like, no, I hate the Young Bucks. I want to take over. Blah, 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 blah. And straight up, dog, not, I wasn't even mad at the Bucks. I was just miserable because I was just sitting there in the, the most volatile crowd. Because especially in our section, there was a lot of you know CM Punk people and all that kind of stuff. And they were screaming at elite fans and stuff like that. And... First of all, I know I can't say anything because I'm wearing a giant-ass CM Punk jersey. If I say anything, I'm going to get the shit knocked out of me. But also, like, it's not leading to anything. So it's all pointless, toxic negativity that I don't wish to partake in and I don't want to be a part of and I don't want to be around. Uh, So I was 
not even going to lie, dude, I was miserable throughout this entire match. I was miserable. So I was just there was absolutely this, miserable. There was this guy two rows behind us that I could honestly, um, just judging on his actions, he did not care about the show. He was there to yell, fuck CM Punk. He did it 150, 200 times through the show. There was this Not other, even when the Bucks, it was like throughout the entire show too. Uh, yeah. There was this other guy that was in the 100 sections to my left, and he literally just, he didn't care. He's decided, I think he decided he wanted to fight somebody. So he was just yelling whatever it is. And he was like, see him fired, see him laid off. It wasn't even like, even remotely like intriguing. It was literally like, it was like, it wasn't funny. It was just like, oh my God, shut up. That's that's where I was with it. Oh my God, would you please shut up? And of course he did not shut up. So I'm sitting there listening to it and it's just like, I'm not angry because it is what it is, but it was just like the idea that you would try to take over the show I roll my eyes at that because when you try to take over the show, you're literally taking the enjoyment from people that paid to see the show that uh, brought their family, you know, maybe saved up so they could bring their kid to this one show. And you're like, I don't want the show to be about the wrestlers. I don't want the show to be about what's going on in the ring. I don't want these people to have fun. I want it to be about me. Look at me. Look at me. Look at what I'm yelling. And it doesn't matter what the subject was. I know it doesn't matter. It's just that you wanted the moment. You wanted to show that people went back to watch everyone wrestle and the people in the ring. You wanted to be about be about you, and that is what's annoying to me. Not there's a, a lot difference of between the, there's yeah. a difference between chanting that adds to a show and a chanting that takes away from the show. The yeah. meat chants absolutely. The meat chants. It enhanced that show. match. It enhanced, it enhanced that match. It made that a match of the night caliber match. Yes. And it, 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 like the people this, over the, all of this, all of this is pointless garbage. Like I said. Yeah. I don't, I don't care if you yell at F the bucks. I don't care what you were yelling. The idea that you were trying to make it about you and not about the performers. That's what annoys me. Like I, I respect wrestling on a level that, you know, not a lot of other people are going to reach. And it's like the fact that you were trying to take the spotlight out of those people that worked all year and worked all that time and traveled all around the country to perform and to entertain. And like I said, there's kids in the crowd. There's families in the crowd that might not get to do this all the time. This might have been them saving for months for them to get to the show. And you're trying to make the show about you. I think you suck. That simple. Yeah. And again, like I said, I was just sad and miserable because I was just like, just listen to him. Imagine if we would have just gotten these people into a room to just talk it out and do business. But again, that's Dude, all I'm saying. If we ever, if anybody ever wants to do a podcast outside all things elite, where you th- you you talk about like opportunities missed and stuff, we can do that. I don't feel our show is the place to do that. No, yeah, like I said, yeah, I've yeah, been yeah, enjoying yeah. the entire show. Like yes. So no, but this show was no. amazing. So yeah. uh, let's go the, on. I, yeah, what I believe this was your match of the night. No, my match of the night was uh, Kenny and Takeshita. Oh, it was? Okay, I thought this it was, because I know a lot yeah. of people said this was their match no, of the night No, no, well. this match main was event, fun. Though. This yeah, match ma- was main event, yeah. yeah. The but, International Championship, freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy versus John Moxley. Um, 
straight up, dude, like, I couldn't be more happy for OC. That's just what this match made me feel like. I felt just so fucking happy for Orange Cassidy because he's main, he main evented this show. He took that international championship, a title that had some promise but was still relatively new and no one was able to really make you know, make that title feel big yet. Orange Cassidy made the international championship like top tier level stuff for AEW. Like it was so his run was outstanding. The way that Orange Cassidy just absolutely took that title and held on to it and cherished it was spectacular. The just the growth of him just being so tired and so beat up and so battered throughout every match he had with that championship and eventually getting up to uh, John Moxley. I, the spot of the night for the entire, like that was one of my favorite Orange Cassidy spots of all time was him doing his l- lackadaisical kicks and then he speeds him up and then they are more more vicious and then he's actively kicking John Moxley to death was such an amazing moment. It reminded me so much of when OC was watching Chris Statlander wrestle and he just screamed at her, get up, get in the ring, beat the count, beat the count. Like, Orange Cassidy is so good with character work. This dude is not just a one-trick pony. He is so fucking good. These two beat the hell out of each other. Orange Cassidy was a bloody pulp. And... It was a it was a great way to cap off his outstanding international championship run. Moxley now is your new international champion. I hope to see him do great things with it. Um, and yeah, this was a great fun match that was pretty brutal uh, and a great way to close out a outstanding pay per view. Considering everything that you know, I've I've still mentioned and everything like that. Everything surrounding this, this show was just what Aiden. This gives me so much confidence that the future is bright. If you listen to our previous episode uh, where we talked about everything, like I was disheartened, I was depressed, I was genuinely concerned for like how this would affect AEW. And if anything that these guys and girls have shown you is that there's still so much talent on this roster and this company is still so capable of doing amazing pro wrestling on a week-to-week basis and... Like, again, the stri- the streak of AEW pay-per-views that I've been to, I've not been to a single bad one. And not even one that was just okay, I feel like. Every AEW pay-per-view has been top-tier level stuff for me. And, like, it just it continues to enforce, like, I still love AEW so much. They are my favorite wrestling company. Back when I thought last year was when Punk was gone, I said, I'm not bailing on AEW. They are my favorite wrestling company. Just like I'm not bailing on CM Punk. I am never bang, bailing on AEW with if they keep doing shows like this. Because this show was spectacular on Cage Match. really was listed by fans as the second highest rated AEW pay-per-view of all time. Only behind All Out 2021 where Danielson and Adam Cole first debuted in AEW. So I can say that I've been to two of the best AEW shows of all time. Like I'm, I'm blessed. I'm straight up blessed. Yeah, back to back. I mean, back to back Sundays. 
I went to back-to-back shows, back-to-back mangas. Yeah. Uh, I saw my team win the match in front of the largest audience, one of the largest audiences in wrestling history. I then saw, yeah, my faction in that match went, you know, to, in that show went 2-0. and And um, then in the next week, I watched another match with three matches that I saw was amazing. And then Blackpool Combat Club went undefeated and it was, and it was great. And it was like, it was something for everybody. Uh, MJF is something we've never seen in wrestling. Um, and I did mention this. It was so joke. And I, I don't say this lightly, but I feel like wrestling is such a wonderful and hilarious thing that I was like, man, Hitler could do a face turn. Like you, if you think about <laughs> all the bad stuff MJ Delph has done, all the bad stuff in wrestling MJF has done. He literally dressed as the devil, took the title, cheated, hurt people, made Warlow basically a slave. All the things he's done, and now he's one of the most over people ever. It's like, dude, wrestling is weird. Wrestling yeah, is weird, it is right? It, it is. It's weird when people are like, "Oh, I don't, can't believe it." I'm like, "Yeah," I, you know. They be like, "I can't believe it." I'm like, "Wrestling is one of those things." I, I am a person. I can get bored with things. Wrestling is so unique and so different in times. It makes it very hard to get boring, and it's just like the fact that MJF, like, there should be a documentary on like. All the bad things he's done in AEW. Now he's like super over as this I know. Person, that person. And he's still like, I'm a dick, but I'm going to be your dick. <laughs> that kind of thing. And it's just like, it's it's just crazy how wrestling works. Again, yeah. TK doesn't miss. And people are like, oh, you go around the country, go around the world. And I'm like, dude, if you go around the country, you go around the world and keep getting your money's worth. They never make you regret to travel. They never make you regret the hotel. They never make you regret the meet and greets and stuff like that. Why wouldn't you spend your money on something that always delivers? AW, when it comes to pay-per-views, they always deliver. I mean, the Dynamites can be hit hit or miss. But even a bad Dynamite is not really that bad. It's just kind of okay. That's what a bad Dynamite is. It's okay. And and like in a pay-per-views, and they just, it's like, I don't think anyone that understands the value of a pay-per-view and what it done better than Tony Khan. Because again, you can put the injuries out. You can take you can take their most popular wrestler away. But on that Sunday or Saturday, whatever they do, for four hours, they are gonna take you on another level of professional wrestling. And it's amazing and it makes me happy to be an AEW fan. I'm like Dude, there's a whole bunch of thing reasons that you know I could be down on it or whatever, but that pay per view just did everything to cement why we do this show, why we're the proclivity for positivity, why we tend to uh, focus on things we like and not things we don't. Because every week, every week when I watch AEW, there is more things I like than I don't. It is clearly eighty twenty. Most of the time, and they they hit a home run. I don't like I said I don't know if anyone from that company ever listens to that show. Uh, listens to this show, but dude, every time I go to a pay per view, I am not just happy to be a AEW friend. I am proud to be a AEW fan. They knock it out the park. Yeah, every time. 
every time. One last thing I want to mention from All Out, though. Shout out to uh, Eddie Kingston for the Claudio Sucks Egg uh, t-shirt. Shout out Terry Funk. Uh, that was a lovely thing to see in his match, I will say. I, I, I forgot to mention it, though, but I wanted to mention that. So, <clears throat> Yeah. We're going to quickly move through uh, AEW Dynamite, though, from this past uh, day. Like, like I said, we recorded right after Dynamite. Um, this is a promo-focused uh, AEW Dynamite. Most of the matches were mostly like solid and solid Dynamite matches. Uh, of course, this was the start of the Grand Slam uh, World Title Eliminator Tournament where the winner challenges MJF at AEW Grand Slam. Uh, so we had two of those matches. Uh, we're going to have two on Rampage, and then we're going to have two on Collision. Uh, so first off, Orange Cassidy came out with wonderful re- uh, responses from the AEW fans after he lost the title, and he said, thank you. They told me to stay home, but I was like, nah, I'm not going to do that. Championship or no championship, I will be here every single week because I am freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy, and I do not have a catchphrase. So basically being like, you know, he's beat up, he's hurt, but he's not going anywhere. Because, God damn it, he, I mean, the way that he talked about how much he loves the fans of AEW and how they're going to be the guys that keep him around in AEW more than just going anywhere else makes me super happy. Because, again, Orange Cassidy's just a, just a peach. And, you know, but he still stays true to the original Orange Cassidy ca- uh, ca- uh, character. Always, always. Yes. The, I, how I do not have a catchphrase has become a catchphrase. Like, he's like, and I, everybody's like, do not have a catchphrase screaming along. And I'm like, oh, yeah, good job. Good job. You made it. I do not have work on that one. Yes. you T-shirt's solid. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, dude, minimal effort is over. And it's so crazy. But he can turn it on when it's time to turn it on. Yeah. Um, We then had the first match of the night. John Moxley's first title defense of the international championship against AR Fox. And uh, there was a point where Fox jumped over the top rope, knocking out Moxley and getting a couple near falls. But then Moxley threw him in the barricade and then Moxley uh, fought out of a cutter and then proceeded to, after he got hit with a uh, moonsault and a 450 splash, he's like, Nope, you're done. I'm going to elbow you to death, hit you with the King Kong lariat and death rider and pin you to pin you right afterwards. So AR Fox takes the loss. And then Darby Allen checks in on him afterwards because he can't. And then Nick Wayne, he was watching backstage because uh, they were facing off in the main event. And then Christian Cage and Luchasaurus come over to him and goes, uh, you know, first of all, you know, you know, I said I didn't know much about your dad. Uh, so I went and watched back all of his stuff and he's even worse than I thought. And uh, he said, look, you clearly didn't have a real mentor. If you want a true mentor. You should be looking over at me, not Darby, not your father, me. And then he said, oh, and say hi to your mom for me to close that out. Menace. Absolute fucking menace, Christian Cage. This on top of the fact, have you seen that StarCast video that's been going around of Christian Cage with that little girl who had a toy AW championship? And he takes her belt and poses with both of them. Like, (laughs) oh my God, I love Christian so much, dude. I've, I've been talking so much about how much, how good Christian is. And I keep thinking back, dude, I keep thinking back to when he first debuted in AEW, and he got the most lukewarm reaction ever. And I was losing my mind over Christian being in AEW, and I am vindicated for it. I was saying how good Christian could be for AEW, and I am being for it. He's one of the top heels in the company. Uh, I mean, that's that's true, but TK, TK, uh, 
decayed kind. I get it, but still, yeah, he kind of set still. him up for failure that day. I'm like, hey, I'm not like I said, you know me in TK, I trust. But I was at that show, and it was like you should have heard the names people. <laughs> Hey. I blame wrestling fans for that. Y'all get yourselves too hyped up and then disappoint. No, d- d- no, no, that's not on wrestling fans. If you're the guy that does it and you know wrestling fans are going to go extreme, you keep those expectations low and then you deliver. Nah. Yeah. Nah. But again, like I said, it was funny to me because, like, like no, everybody, everybody knew Christian was great. Even then, it wasn't that they didn't think Christian was great. It was just that they thought, like, I'm just using this name because I don't remember the rumors. Then they thought Stone Cold Steve Austin was walking out that door. It wasn't they. It was like, and it was Christian, and Christian is one of those people that is. Until you see him, he's underappreciated a lot. No one thinks of Christian as one of the best wrestlers and character workers of all time, even though he is, even though he does make everything work, even though he can be a great face and he can be a great heel and all that kind of stuff, even though he can do everything well, it almost gets lost on you. He's such a utility player that it almost gets lost on you because he's not bad at anything. And... I yeah. hope now at least that's 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 that it's yeah. that fans realize yeah. that. Yeah. And like I said, it, I, I genuinely I genuinely popped so hard when Christian came out because I was like, holy fucking shit! Because I looked back at some of the stuff Christian's done over his career, and again, people hey. love Edge, and I love and I love Edge. Please come to AEW, but uh, dude, Christian is on the same like close to the same level as Edge for me, straight up. Like those two are like there for me. You know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. <clears throat> and uh, uh, I know, no, I completely agree with you. It's just, it was just like, it was, just, you had me flash back because, you know, I was at the oh, show sure, in oh, the, sure. at the show in the, uh, in the, in the uh, COVID protocol. And yeah, and it was just like, literally probably the worst seat I've ever sat at an AEW show because, you know, <laughs> they only had so many like lower, sure, yeah, I, we, yeah. I was up there and I was like, oh God. And then they announced Christian. I was like, oh yeah, Christian Cage, right? And then, because they used the old music and everybody else was kind of like, womp, womp. And that was just, <laughs> that was just the the vibe through the whole show. They're like, yeah, it was Christian and I'm excited then, but, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> uh, we then had a TBS Championship Open Challenge match between Chris Statlander and Emi Sakura. Uh, it was good to see Emmy. She hasn't been on Dynamite since like 2019. Like it's been years since we've seen Emmy Sakura on like an actual like like episode of Dynamite. Uh, and uh, it was good to see her. Uh, she took the loss, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I love the more so the thing that came out of this was the fact that you know Soraya actually came out to Queen in, at All In. Emmy Sakura would come out to Queen related stuff like for her entrance with her fake uh, "We Will Rock You." Soraya came out to the actual one. <laughs> Yeah, so you know, maybe they're building something there. Book that of, feud. Yeah, no, like Soraya sent like a nasty tweet out tonight. Oh, about, I saw she like yeah. straight up flipped her off. I think. Yeah, and said she was never gonna uh, be in uh, London. You so. will never walk out to Queen. Yes, and so if Emmy does not walk out to Queen next year in London, <clears throat> that is a failure on Tony Khan's part. Straight up. Yeah. Uh, there was a Roderick Strong promo with the Kingdom where he said wrestling gave him an opportunity to be something he wasn't. 
no one was judging me for what my parents were not doing. Professional wrestling is not just a business to me. It's my everything. But Adam Cole already knew that. I grew up alone, and I'm going to win this Grand Slam tournament alone. If that's the case, why the fuck are you still begging for Adam Cole to notice you, Sam- Senpai? With him still coming, like, after the uh, segment with MJF, which we'll talk about, and he comes out with the kingdom, and he's screaming at them and everything like that. And I'm just like, you say that, but you clearly want Mr. Senpai Adam Cole's attention. Well, sir. And- you're either, I don't know how to say which role we are, but we are Adam Cole and Roderick Strong. And when you can do magic together, right? You know, you know, you prefer to be in the group than be alone. Like, I could do this show by myself. It would suck. <laughs> but I could do this show by myself. I don't want to. <laughs> but I'd rather fair have enough. my good friend Austin with me. And fair that's enough, how it is. Roderick Strong's a great singles wrestler. But God, when Undisputed Era was going, oh, that oh, was magical. That was I remember magical. When I was in the building when he first joined Undisputed Era. Dude, so that I just said that was like one of those moments. I don't know if they... I don't know if you can trademark a hand sign, but it was like, dude, don't you remember this? And I was like, man, why won't Roger Stone show up to UE? Like, what happened to this kind of thing? It would just be such a good moment on the show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But we then had Les Sex Gods, Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara versus Aussie Opened. Uh, This was uh, probably, uh, I think this might have been the best match of the night for Dynamite, I would say. These guys were doing a damn good job, and Aussie Open was killing it. Uh, grumpy tag team wrestling fan Floyd hates that Aussie Open's losing so much. I know, I know. Oh, I know. my God. It's just like... This I'm is right the, there with you, this dog. Is I'm one right there with one you. The best... Scots haven't teamed up in forever, but they get the win over Aussie Open. One of the best tag teams in the world. Like, literally, New Japan, New Japan Strong, ROH champion all this year. They've lost to a double clothesline and an elbow. Like, literally, everybody's beat Chris Jericho. Action and Jerry came again, didn't lose to uh, Chris Jericho. Uh, 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 Aussie Open, one of the best tag teams in the world, loses to the uh, Lasex gods. It's very annoying. I feel like there's a... I mean, I love... I get what they're doing to a point because they're putting Aussie Open on TV every week. They're letting fans get to know who they are. They're letting the audience get comfortable with what they are. I feel like that's what they're doing because they're literally on TV every week, which is great. But you tell your audience what someone is, right? And right now you're telling your audience that Aussie Opens are losers. Yeah. Um, I, I hope Aussie yeah. Open gets some wins under their belts because yeah. they are so good. And they yeah. were doing they, such great stuff in yeah. this match. They're uh, they're exceptional and they are they are they are really like I like I I don't even think good is good enough because like when they sold for MJF and Adam Cole at all in it was like super over the top and they made them look good and in this match they made uh, Jericho and Sammy look good but it's just like you you hired this blue chip tag team and you bring them in and they lose that doesn't make sense to me right no. But either way, uh, after the match was over, after uh, Jericho hit the Judas effect on Kyle Fletcher, Sammy, though, <clears throat> shoves uh, Chris Jericho because this came after uh, uh, Chris Jericho spot. accidentally yeah, hit him Jericho twice. Yeah, Jericho hit him with, yeah, accidentally uh, hit him twice. Yes. 
and J- Sammy was pissed off about it, and they shoved each other. And, um, and Don was on commentary for this match, saying he's like a he's like a serial killer. He likes to come back and uh, uh, come back and look at his victims. But you know, I feel like there's an ulterior motive here. Yeah, a little bit. Um, so basically, excuse me. Um, AW security separates the two. Sammy walks away, and. Yeah, it seemed like uh, some problems stemming there, and Don Callis is just gritting, grinning from ear to ear from all of this. Um, and uh, just, they had just felt like the tag team could have been Bear Country or something. Yeah, yeah, like, it could have been like it, it could have been anyone else. It didn't have to be Aussie Open. But again, TV time is at a premium in AEW. Absolutely. So the fact that those two are on TV, that's this is me pulling the positive out of it. The fact that yeah. those two For are on right TV. Now, yeah. We like seeing Aussie open on TV. Yes. We want them to win more. Yes. Just please give us what we want. Yeah. Um then Don Cowson Takeshita real quick said that they beat Kenny Omega twice in seven days and they're gonna have a celebration next week, as well as unveiling their next target with a uh a new painting uh covered up. I hope it's then, I hope it's John Moxley. Mm-hmm. That's who I want it to be. Um yes. Then MJF comes out and talks to uh uh who's your country? Uh who's your daddy? Like that. Uh and talks about how he's wrestling at Grand Slam, which he calls the Devil's Den, and talks about whoever wins that Grand Slam tournament is gonna find out the hard way that no one is on the level of the devil, but there's one person that needs to be taught a lesson. And Samoa Joe comes out being like, I was in the back, heard a little piss and vinegar. I want a front row seat. What seems to be the problem, kid? And he's like, kid, don't call me kid, because you must have confused my entrance for an ice cream truck. And uh, he's like, that's good. But to be quite honest, last time I had anything to do with an ice cream truck was when I was the being busy being the biggest star of the company's other network. Um, people think that is focused strictly on a WWE dig. I mean, it does mention it. That was a twisted metal reference, guys. Like, come on. Don't overthink this shit too hard. Oh. Straight up. Oh, because he was in the ice cream truck in Twisted Metal. I yeah. Didn't, I did not put two and two together. I was, it I was a Twisted Metal because he's sweet tooth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> no. He's twisted. It's in Twisted Metal. So just get that right. But, uh... Either way, he's like, I'm genuinely concerned. So what's the problem, kid? He's like, that's twice. That's twice you called me, kid. But I'm pretty creative myself, though, because you're creative. Uh, and he calls him Pillsbury Joe Boy, Samoa Doe, uh, which, you know, a little tit for tat, like hee hee, like, you know, doing a little bit of jokes for jokes. But eventually he says kid again, and he's like, MJF says, you call me kid one more time, I'm knocking your teeth down your throat. But he goes like, you know what, that's how you want me to react. You want to skip the line, but there's a whole tournament if you want to wrestle the champ. And he said he then goes down and talks about the story when he was 19 years old, trying out for WWE, mentioned William Regal, and then talked about how he knocked his British ass packing and sent him back to NXT where he belongs. And Joe, if you play your cards right, you're next. And I was just like, <laughs> that that was some vicious venom. Uh, and then he said. I was told I was going to be security walking a wrestling legend down the aisle, walking and meeting the great Samoa Joe. And you decided to take a 19-year-old kid who was trying to do his job 
and you shoved me into a brick wall and you laughed. And he's like, I know why you did that, though, because I know how scumbags work and how they think. You did it because I was a kid and you could get away with it. But he's full grown now and the AEW world champion, the best wrestler on God's green earth. And he headlined the most historic pay-per-view of all time. So he said, I'd stay out of my way if I were you or else I'm going to kill you. And then Samoa Joe proceeds to be like, I didn't think of a kid like I didn't think of you as a kid when I pushed you. I thought of you. I thought you were a little bitch. And Joe was like, uh, I'm not going to Joe gets slapped by MJF. And he's like, you're trying to provoke me. I'm not taking your belt. I'm going to go through that tournament and beat everyone in it and then come for you. He said, have a nice day. MJF walks through the ropes and Joe kicks the ropes in, in between and then knocks his knocks him down, starts beating him down. And uh, MJF then gets a low blow on him. But eventually, uh, as they're fighting, and he looks for the muscle buster. Adam Cole sprints, evens the odds. Joe leaves and just says, like, uh, next time I'm, 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 you might not be so lucky because I'm going to try to rip that arm off. And then just goes, bitch. And I'm like, there's the new meme for the next few days. I feel like Joe just saying bitch like that. And then Roderick Strong comes out with the kingdom and starts screaming at Adam Cole, just screaming and screaming and screaming at Adam Cole as we moved into his match with Trent Beretta for the elimination tournament uh, for the Grand Slam world title uh, eliminator match. Uh, yeah, this promo was outstanding. I love me Joe on the microphone. Like whenever you put Samoa Joe on a microphone, it's always quality. MJF and Joe going at it. I'm super intrigued by this feud. It gives me a lot of excitement seeing how this is going to turn out. So this is going to be MJF's first feud as a quote-unquote babyface. So it's going to be interesting to see what he does with it. Like it's going to be interesting to see what happens with it and how how this works. Um, Samoa Joe. I, I was saying on my uh, my uh, Facebook group that I'm in has been basically playing the same character for 20 years, yes. and whether it's bad guy, good guy, tweener, he's been playing the same character. He's the best bully in wrestling, and and like tonight, the the fact that he bullied MJF, he was unaffected by bullying MJ, MJF. He came with his barbs, never even changed his expression. But when it's time to go down, Joe's always ready. Joe is a, one of those people. Wins and losses really don't matter when it comes to Samoa Joe. No. He has reached this level where he's always considered a threat. You could always put your title on him. And yeah, now it's coming down to Samoa Joe. It looks like eventually we're going to get with Samoa Joe and MJF. I honestly, personally, I'm at this point where I don't want Samoa Joe and MJF at uh, Grand Slam. I want it at full gear. I would like to, I think it's such a hot feud. I'd like to build to a bigger moment. But we're going to see what they do with this tournament but i i just i just felt like there was some electricity there and i feel like the longer you make us wait on joe versus mjf the better it is i i do agree with that um trent beretta and roger strong did a solid enough match which ended with roderick getting the victory i love that he took his neck brace off for the match and then put it back on after he won that was so stupid but i loved it um, other than that, it was a solid enough match, I would say. I don't really have too much else to add to it. Yeah, uh, it, it, in the 90s, 
they always had these people that would fake the injuries in the car wreck and like they get in a, car, a fender bender like and then they just throw on the neck brace they'd already have the neck brace ready that's what Roderick Strong's character is reminding me of now he's obviously not hurt but he's trying to use it to get sympathy and it's hilarious yeah no for real um we then had uh uh I mentioned before the Tony Storm interview where she was like, it's a blur. I don't remember anything about the uh, about the spray paint incident. But I have to mention the chin up, tits out, and watch out for the shoe. So she walks away and throws the shoe at re- her shoe at Renee. I, I, all I can say is, Renee, she warned you. She literally said, I'm about to throw a shoe at you in essence. Yeah, you just literally were looking, and then a shoe came your way, and you freaked out. I mean, she avoided it, I will say. Now she she said, watch it. out for the shrew. I'm like, she she did nicer than uh, anybody else would. She let I you mean, know to be shoe. fair, she said tits out, and I didn't hear anything afterwards. <laughs> I laughed at that, and then she said, watch out for the shoe. I was like, oh, she's about to throw a shoe at her, and then she did. It was hilarious. I love Tony Storm to death, I have to say that. Again, she's so good. I love this character she's doing. It's, yeah, it's I, so didn't, I, I honestly didn't know you could say tits on TV. Fair I, enough. I, I really didn't, and it's just like, like AEW has shown me you can say a lot of words that I didn't know you could say on TV. I guess so, yeah. Um we got Hangman Adam Page getting interviewed in the ring, uh, talking about his uh, battle, his trip to the Battle Royal uh, as he booked a flight and uh, won the match uh, to donate $50,000 to teachers. And he said, uh, you know, the shout out to teachers and how they're understaffed, underpaid, underappreciated, and everyone should give more appreciation to teachers. And uh, he talks about how he wants to do what he wants to do with the last few months of 2023. Prince Nana and Swerve Strickland come out. And Swerve goes, you know, being in a coffin for almost two weeks, you get a little bit of the clarity. And the first person I thought of as I got out was you. And it's like, what are you, some kind of mascot for AEW? It's like charity. You're doing charity for Chicago. Children that are juvenile delinquents that are going to flunk out anyway. And I was just like, God damn, Swerve, what the hell? Like, what? you just went full fuck them kids. And he's like, you know, and card for all out compete all out for competing in any championships he said when AEW started you were the cornerstone you were hand-picked to be the franchise player and you were former AEW world tag team champion former world champion and now you're on pre-shows it's like yeah you lost your spot or you don't even want it anymore it seems he said you got a contract extension so you've been eating good and it's been showing and he's like it's been showing it's gonna be like you got a gut now and he goes you don't have singles matches or promos on Dynamite. You don't even have title matches. You took a backseat to the Elite. We went full driver's seat. He said, everything you've been handed on a silver platter. And if I would have gotten the opportunities you got a year ago, I would have been the first black world, first black AEW world champion right now. And I was just like, wow. So I'm, I'm going to take this in a weird way. that Because I, I, I like to compare everything to other forms of entertainment. So have you saw the you've seen the Dark Knight Rises, the last of the Dark Knight trilogy, yes. right? And there's Bane when he gets into the f- the first fight with Bruce Wayne Batman, right? And he's mm-hmm. kind of cutting a promo on him, right? Yes. This was Swerve's Bane 
tri- uh, brain bane. You promo. merely adopted the dog. Yes, I was molded. Success by. has been success has been your greatest failure or weakness. It was like he t- basically like. Dude, I have had this conversation with you. I've had this conversation with other people. Like, Hangman, I didn't know what happened to Hangman. I was like, Hangman was the featured guy in this company. Like, double or nothing, not this year, but last year, he loses the world title. There have been other titles introduced. This dude is nowhere near any of them. He is yep. because I was like I even said he had been relegated back to the elite sidekick. These are things I've said in the last two weeks. Swerve delivered this again, and I'm gonna say this something I don't use very often because I think everything can be better. This was the perfect villain promo. The perfect down to the point he where absolutely <clears throat> ripped him apart. Yes, like five star. Like if you talk about end up talking about promos of the year at the end of the year, and this is not like your top three. I don't want to hear you. I uh, hear your list. This was amazing, even to the point where he threatened him. You don't want it with me because I have no regard for your life. I do not care at all. Even that was just like, it was just dagger after dagger after dagger after just verbal, just verbal. This is a verbal, like. And Hangman's <laughs> response is literally like, go to the back and you can get it, but I'm done with this. And he walks away and then Swerve just goes, it's a shame your wife and kid got to see their husband father, and father walk away from more responsibilities. Dude, what? This dude, this dude pull out. Dude, <laughs> Swerve is absolutely vicious. If that uh, Nick Wayne segment didn't tell you that already, like, I don't know what to tell you, dude. Swerve dude, is vicious. Good night, good night, bang. That's what he did. He put, hey, he put the horse down in a promo. I'm like, good lord. Uh, I'll do it. I I uh, I started messaging a friend because I just like my legitimate. This is like my like visceral reaction that this is might have been one of the best like segment promos. I don't know because I don't know if he counted as one promo because he was just cutting him in so many different just directions. Going and going, going, and going, going like this was one of the best things ever. This is how you start a rivalry. Out yeah. like everybody will be like, oh, this kind of came out of nowhere. It did, but if someone comes at you like that, it's immediately personal. This is immediately a fight that we have to have. Someone comes at a grown man like Swerve just came. We have to fight. There is no talking it out. There is no being the bigger man. We have to fight. Swerve and Hangman have to fight. And oh my, yeah, I just, like, dude, dude. Hats off to Swerve. Uh, hats off for Hangman for letting this man go in on him like that. <laughs> like uh, straight up, dude, and just kind of taking like, it. You know, sometimes people have to feel like they need to get their thing in to and still try to look cool. No, he stood there and fucking took it. And man, I, I not even enough words. I was excited as excited about this promo as I was about the Kenny Omega and Takesta match. Like, that's how, like, on the level of this promo was to me. Yeah. For real. Um, moving in, though, to the main event, uh, Darby Allen versus Nick Wayne. Uh, 
Darby again trying to kill himself literally flies out of the bottom rope underneath the middle and bottom rope and like fucking does a full flip and like over his head and like they use pretty much the entirety of picture to picture to make sure he wasn't dead um but these guys did a damn good job and at one point though as they're knocking each other Darby takes a mic and goes you hit like an 18 year old hit me like you really want to win this which I was like fucking hell all right damn uh, Christian Cage and Luchasaurus then at one point walked onto the ramp and joined joined the uh, commentators in between the match. Uh, they uh, they did a damn good job too uh, in this entire match though. Uh, Nick actually was able to hit the Last Supper pinfall, which was really cool. But eventually though, Darby hits code re- the code red, gets a close two count, but then takes his arms and basically puts him like back behind his head. And then just starts kicking his head repeatedly. And then they call the match right then and there. And Darby moves on. And, you know, the protege uh, still uh, hasn't surpassed uh, the teacher yet, at least in that matter. Dude, uh, but so, it was a great performance from Nick Wayne. So this dude's like like hesitant to hit the uh, hesitant to hit the coffin drop. But pulls his arms behind his head and kicks him in the head. Yeah, I'm yeah, thinking he really. would have rather took the coffin drop. <laughs> I think, honestly, he would rather have taken that. <laughs> yes, they're like, come on, they're like it was just this fl- switch flipped in Darby, and he's trying to he's trying to beat him, and he's trying to teach him a lesson that you know people aren't going to take it easy on him. Uh, I I love I liked it. Uh, I like I like this match. Uh, Nick Wayne, I mean. He has a bright future ahead of him, like you know, and he's nineteen or he's eighteen at this point. So yeah, uh, him taking losses and all this stuff, no big deal, right? Because you're not what you're doing with Nick Wayne isn't about him right now. It's about him at twenty five. It's about when he's MJF's age, being the face of your company or one of the faces of your company. So this is the building blocks of Nick Wayne. This is the development. This is the his origin story. So yeah, he's gonna take some males. Yeah, he's not gonna look the best. And that's but that's what they're building. And yeah, he's gonna be kind of corrupted. Christian's over here is gonna be the devil on the older shoulder saying, you know, do, do you really wanna be with him? Be with me. I, I, I train killers. I train winners. You know, Darby is a nice guy, you know, but he's not a killer kind of thing. And, right. And you, you see this is where this story going, and it's very intriguing. And I feel like there's a lot of threads that were – there are a lot of things that were set up tonight that's going to make the next few months of AEW very interesting. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. Um, and that was AEW Dynamite from this uh, from this past from t- from this past night. Um, in terms of what was announced for uh, uh, AEW Rampage, of course, we're going to have a couple more matches in the uh, Eliminated Tournament for uh, Grand Slam. Um, it's going to have uh, Penta El Zero Metal versus uh, Jay White. Uh, can't remember the other ones off top of my head, at least right now. Uh, and the wit. I'll have them yeah. just a second. So yep, we got Pena. Uh, we got Pena versus Jay Lethal, and then we have Samoa. Did Joe I say Jay Lethal or did I say Jay White? I think you said Jay White. And yeah, I meant Jay Lethal. And then we got Samoa Joe and Jeff Hardy. Yep. So then those two, and then the winners of those two matches will face uh, Darby Allen and. Uh, Roderick Strong in on Collision, 
Uh, we're gonna get the Young Bucks versus. Uh, oh God, who are they facing again? Uh, the uh, Young Bucks are facing uh, Daddy Magic and Daddy cool Magic and, 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 and Cool and, and Cool Hand Ange. Yes. Uh, so there's that. So yeah, and they're putting the Young Bucks on Friday. So they are trying to get that audience rampage up, and you know they're trying to get some big names on the different shows. Now that you supposedly don't have any problems with like interchanging locker rooms again. So Dude. hopefully this means hopefully this means that like you know you get to actually get some good talent on these shows because I mean you know, I mean give, we want to give them support. I mean let's be real. Collision took a hit. Took a hit. I mean well, Collision is a ship without a captain. Yeah, it was a number that was going down kind of anyway, and football season was coming, and yeah. the week before football season is like. And it was also the, it was also competing against the WWE pay per view as well. Yeah, and yeah, and that before that, the head of your ship is gone. I'm not even talking about whose fault it is. This is a fact. Like the face of that show is gone, and it's like a lot of reasons that people were tuning into that show is gone. So you better start putting on killer shows on Saturdays. Yeah. Straight up, I yeah, just I mean, I, I, it's, it's got a, it's got a, it's it's all hands on deck. It's it, it's like you, we talk about the locker room being united now and all that kind of stuff. We're gonna see on Saturday. We're gonna see on how the ratings are going because now they have like you know they have still five hours of television and they have yeah. to put on five hours of compelling television every week and they got to give people a reason not to turn it on just the Saturday college football game of the week and just leave their TV on there come watch uh AEW wrestling uh it's a challenge i think they're up to it i uh, too tk i trust as always and you know there's a little tag team that i kind i'm kind of fond of that is featured on Saturday night. So uh long as they're there, well, long as AEW's there. there, I'm there. But long as they're there, you know, I ain't I'm not watching anything else. It's funny because I'm buying a rolling TV stand Friday so I can have football on and wrestling on on Saturday night. There you go. Yeah. So. All right. Yeah. Well, that's gonna do it for this episode of All Things Elite. Um again, I had a blast it all out. I love how everything turned out for that show. Um, and I'm excited for, I'm still very excited for AEW's future. Like I said, this show is the proclivity for positivity. We've put a bow on everything. There's nothing more else that we need to talk about on the negative side of things, unless it affects TV. Um, and I think there's still so much to be excited for in AEW. Um, and I, and that's coming from a guy whose favorite wrestler got fired. So if I can say that there's still more exciting things to look forward to for AEW, I think you can too. So I would encourage people to, you know, let everything go and just try to enjoy the wrestling because I think there's so much to enjoy right now. Um, so that's all I have to say on the map. Please continue yeah. to download this fine show on Google Apple Podcasts. If you listen to us on Spotify or wherever you choose to listen to us, give us a share with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish, and also leave a rating and a review and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Follow us on Twitter at ATElitePod. Follow at Social Suplex who make this show possible uh, and check out all the other shows they have on their network as well. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. And Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. And I know I cut off my boy uh, as, he, as I was doing the little spiel, but I will say to you, my good friend, best of luck to you uh, as people are listening to this tonight. NFL season starts. We kick off the whole thing. 
I'm very excited that we get to start the NFL season. Our two teams going at it. Uh, may the best team win. I'm being very true on that. And I hope to come back next week and rub it in your face that the Lions beat the Chiefs. So, so I will pass it off to Floyd so he can take us home on this episode of All Things Elite. So I will match your kindness with flat-out content. I can't wait to destroy your team and laugh Man, out loud yes. after we win by 100 because we are Kansas City Chiefs. We are your reigning, defending, undisputed Super Bowl champions, and you're the Lions that don't even know where the Super Bowl is this year. So um, when we go on, for as we move on to other things that are more important than a Chiefs uh, knocking out their lightweight, I would like to say thank you to everyone that listens to this show. Thank you for supporting us. Uh, we do definitely try to bring the positive side to things. Uh, you know, I don't even like being negative. I really don't. I, I, I really, uh, I love AEW so much. Austin loves AEW so much. We, we just want to focus on what we enjoy every week and we hope you can do that. Uh, as far as online, uh, yeah, be nice to people. I, I, I say it all the time and it's just like, it really is that simple. It's like, oh, someone says something and you can either say something really mean or you can say nothing, nothing at all. Don't say anything at all. And then and, and some people, you see something, you're like, dude, I could say something really nice. Say the nice thing. There's, there's nothing hard. I, 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 I say this all the time, that I love wrestling pretty much more than anything on this earth. It, it gives me pure joy. And to all the people that get anger and everything out of wrestling, please find something you enjoy as much as I enjoy wrestling. Because guess what? When you find that thing, whatever it is that you enjoy as much as I love wrestling, then you want everybody to be happy. You want everybody to be in a good place. Now, if the thing you enjoy as much as I enjoy wrestling is pissing people off and making them angry, I, it does suck, but whatever, go with God. I, that's all I can say because I do know people get pleasure out of that. They get pleasure out of pissing people off. That's not my bag. That's not my cup of tea. I just really do want everybody to be happy. I honestly feel like Austin feels the same way. That's why this show works the way it does. So treat people well. Do your best. Support AEW. It's all. It's one company. It's three shows. It's one company. Even more than ever, it needs to be one company, and we need to stay vigilant. That was something I said so many times when the show started. Stay vigilant. Stay vigilant. But now that we're in this area where it could you know, kind of be a dark cloud over AEW if you want to, stay vigilant. Stay connected. Support all the AEW products. Support all the AEW shows. Support as many wrestlers as you can. Buy as much merch as you can. Do not go to the bathroom doing women's matches. And with that being said... Whether it is home, work, or school, always do your best to be elite. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.